from the Willamette Valley in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. No matter where you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful world, we all share. And thank you so much again for tuning in. This is episode number 157, Local Events and Issues. Elderly man has face eaten off. I received an email. And the person who sent the email told me about this story. And I already knew about it because it's local. And they asked me if I would do a, uh, a show about this a broadcast. And I said, of course. So that's what this broadcast is about. Now, this, this is something that, again, it's so stupefying that most people have a difficult time figuring this out. But without going into the details, this is something that you can look up yourself that occurred four or five days ago in Gresham, Oregon. And it's so profoundly sad and disturbing that I, well, I'm doing, I'm doing the show on it. Um, there was an elderly gentleman who was riding the Max, which is what the light reel is called in the Portland area, also known as the TriMet. And this was in the wee hours of the morning, somewhere around 2.30-ish. And he was attacked by another man much younger. And the younger guy who attacked him bit off his ear and then proceeded to eat, like, half his face. And the police um, were there, and apparently they had apprehended this man who did this, who is aged 25. The gentleman the elderly gentleman who was the victim was pushing almost 80. 
And um, this um, man, young man that attacked him has been, you know, booked. It's actually a miracle that he wasn't just shot and killed. Because, unfortunately, when dealing with many things concerning mental illness, um, unfortunately, they have a tendency to shoot and ask questions later. But this was not the case this time, at least. And um, he um, was booked and arraigned and all that. And all they were able to get out of him was that he believed that the victim, that the man he attacked, was a robot who was bent on killing him. And so he was himself defending himself. Now... This actually happened, folks. And so for all of the particulars and details, just uh, do what you probably already know how to do. Uh, man attacked in Gresham, Oregon, on the light rail. You'll find it. And... It brought up multiple questions as far as I'm concerned. This is an, an incredible tragedy on multiple levels. And <clears throat> the first thing I wanted to talk about was the elderly gentleman himself. And it's not, I don't want to approach this as far as, you know, all the details. You'll find his name and all that. But I'm talking about life expectancy and where this gentleman is at or going to be at in the remainder of his life, of his years. Now, imagine, if you will, that if we had crystal balls and uh, fortune tellers that want to tell us about our life and if they were real and if they were accurate, can you imagine, just try to imagine getting that prediction about your life or how it, how it's going to end? Yeah, you're going to have your you're going to have your fucking face chewed off when you're almost 80 years old just sitting on a light rail train minding your own business. I don't believe that this is the kind of thing that anybody would envision in their life. 
Because, I mean, it's, of course, it's absolutely terrible that it happened at all. That, that goes without saying. But the thing here, and what's, I mean, again, this is, to me, this is just profoundly sad. Can you imagine being at that age and then someone chews off one of your ears and like half your face? Where the hell do you go from there? Where do you where do you go in your life? I mean for that matter if you just be because of his age obviously there's going to have to be some sort of major reconstructive efforts but sadly again almost why I mean how much longer are you going to live anyway I mean this is just profoundly terrible. But the thing is also this. I mean, if you have, of course, you have your friends and family, assuming that is the case. You look at each other, those that are remaining, or perhaps sons or daughters. I know nothing about the victims, the elderly man's uh, current life. And maybe they'll expand upon this. I don't know. But just saying, if that were the case, <clears throat> what the hell do you do? Not to mention the fact that because it was so horrific, and all of the other complications and problems that can set in because of this. I mean, he very uh, likely, probably, he could just, from the complications, from the terrible, you know, issues of skin grafting, infection, you know, it would be one... It'd be one thing if we were talking a pretty healthy, say, 20 or 30-year-old that this happened to. But this isn't the case. So, there is the fact that even though he did not, you know, immediately die because of this, he could have a very slow, agonizing death. And that's not something that the man bargained for when he got on that light rail. And all he wanted to do was go home. Now, the other part of this that I wanted to mention was that in and of itself is the point you see, 
Once upon a time, people recognized that there is the social contract. And with the social contract, basically, you know, if nobody's physically harming you or bothering you, and you don't bother anyone else, then you're okay. And that's especially important as you get older. And as someone who is, you know, getting a bit long in the tooth myself, well, this concerns me. That a person can't even travel, can't even go out. Alas, it was, you know, around 2.30 in the morning, they claimed, when this happened. It doesn't matter. You should be able to, a person should be able to travel, you know, whenever the hell they want. But what we're dealing with here, obviously, is mental illness. So why was this other man, the young man, you know, we don't have to ask why he did it. But why was he out in the at 2.30 in the morning? Well, he had been evicted from his home where he was staying. And uh, supposedly he was using drugs. Meth, I believe it was. But when you keep peeling it back, if you just keep going further and further back. Um, it's one of those deals that there's a whole domino effect of this that begets the next thing that begets the next thing. And you end up with what happened here. And it's not you know, this is not something, it's not an instantaneous, it wasn't like, um, well, he was doing meth and he broke up with his girlfriend and then he decides to be traveling and then see an elderly person and, you know, bite off their ear and chew off half their face. There's a whole lot more to it than that. And this <clears throat> connects to how things are, well, connected the systemic picture, as I'm calling it. Because oftentimes, the most insane, crazy things happen, but that is from our point of view of what actually took place itself when it took place. Because the the accumulation of the action of the thing that happens is not telling by any means is not telling, you know, a life story or the story behind this story. We don't know that. We just know what happened. We just know the facts. We, as the people who are fed the, the most 
absolute bare bones information in the media and that's it well it's not it and this is something that i've talked about in other broadcasts where i've i've expressed that things that occur typically usually they don't happen in isolation now the media which is actually about selling things they actually purposely quite purposely they do that because it's sensationalistic because if you go beyond and in this case backwards in the story then it can become mundane or boring when you take into account all the events that led up to it that doesn't sell in other words but i don't give a damn about that that's not the standard here this is not what i do i'm doing the exact opposite and i'm saying well yeah the details do matter how did things get to this point well things got to this point because to use an old term depending on your age you may or may not recognize this we had a 25 year old guy that fell through the cracks he fell through the cracks of any kind of support of his mental illness simply because the funds to do so that once upon a time actually were there are not there now can you for instance uh, look at this and say well there are people who are for lack of a better term crazy and crazy shit happens all the time and you're not going to get to all of it it just isn't going to happen and i would agree i agree with that because you're not that would be to propose that you could do that or that you could have a system that would do that is completely unrealistic so there's going to be x number of things like this whether we like it or not that are going to happen they just are it's sad but it's a fact of life <clears throat> on the other hand though what can be done and what should be done is having systems in place that basically identifies that reality and says okay well you know we can't be to every person everywhere at once and guard 100 percent, absolutely 100 percent, that no person with mental health issues is going to fall through the cracks 
again, it's not realistic. Ain't going to happen. We can't do it. But what we could do is aim for having systems in place that will eliminate, mm, I don't know, 95 or 98 percent of this kind of incident happening because I feel that it is a systemic failure of the system that this guy the young guy who committed this on the streets this person does not belong in society or on the streets so it's a system failure. And this kind of thing is going to um, happen, and it's going to happen with greater frequency to the extent that those systems, although not perfect, are not in place. And they're not in place because there is a lack of money. And there is a lack of money because the people who are supposed to be representing this, um, they don't give a damn. I'm not talking about the uh, you know what I call the soldiers on the ground who deal with people with mental health issues all the time. These are are as far as I'm concerned un unsung heroes, and they they work very hard. And these are very good people, and they they work as best as they can with what they have but they don't have a lot and so this is although it's it's terrible this was a horrible thing suppose it was for instance your grandfather or father that this happened to Um, you can feel very differently when something like this happens and it's very close to home. But we have in this country a, a structure which essentially, I mean, it, play, it pays some lip service. Yeah, it does some things but nowhere near the amount of resources are you know assimilated there to to take care of this problem now thing is i can guarantee you that this person and what is going on with them they're not alone my friends, 
this is not meant to frighten you. It is simply a fact. It is a statistical fact that there are a, a very large number of what I call these ticking time bombs. And they're everywhere. And you can be doing anything at any time if you don't have, if you're fortunate enough not to have people living with you with any kind of serious mental health issues, you still have to interact with the world. You have to get gas. You have to get food. You have to do things. And the point being is that as soon as you leave your home, Anytime, the moment you leave your home, get into your, go to get into your car, start the car, that's when the clock starts ticking. Because the outside world, there's a whole lot of crazy, crazy. Anything from just leaving your abode your home, your apartment, whatever you may have or what you call it. Many people, for instance, have either gotten physically um, attacked and sometimes shot before they went anywhere. This has happened many, many, many times. Uh, people, as an example, living, let's say, in a, an apartment complex where people are living their life, coming and going, doing the things that they need to do. And several times, both men and women, many times, before they could even leave the complex, just simply going from their door to their car, have been killed. It could be a, a uh, situation of mistaken identity. Um, there could be drugs or alcohol involved. It could be, I mean, there's just been so many different reasons. But debating the reasons, that brings little comfort to the people, the loved ones of these people that died or at least perhaps even seriously injured, senselessly. I've heard it, I don't know how many times, over and over again. She just wanted to go and grab a gallon of milk or needed to go get gas and needed this, da 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 This is a systemic problem that we are having because there's a whole lot of people that are walking time bombs and there's nothing to separate them from being out in the world. And there are, and I firmly believe this, there's a whole lot of people out there that are, you know, in society and semi-functional or what have you but actually don't belong out there. 
because their one perceived uh, indifference or anger or whatever very canted way that they're perceiving reality around them, um, that um, there's uh, an altercation which leads to violence, which potentially leads to getting killed. When you couple all the factors of stress, and, and we're all under stress, but there are people who are quite simply not as um, able to deal with any stress at all. And so there are a large number of people out there that actually should not be out there. They need to be in a different place. They need to be um, in a in a rural setting, in a institutionalized situation, and that, for the most part, unless you happen to be, once again, very, very wealthy, you know, there's these resources are not currently here. Had that man, had that young man, 25, um, not been where he was, because the uh, support from the system recognized the seriousness of his mental state a long time ago and kept him off the streets, this never would have happened. It's the wrong time always to look around after the fact and say, well, how and why? And then, of course, you get the coverage from the media and they blurt out and spurt out something. And But it's, you know, it's actually quite meaningless. Because just so many lives are ruined by this kind of tragedy. And this is not only going to continue, but I feel it's going to increase. Every indication that's there is that it's going to increase. Apparently, to a whole lot of elite folks out there. Um, yeah, mental illness is entirely and completely off their radar. Unless, I just say, unless, unpredictably, something would happen to them. Can you imagine, for instance... That if there was an, an attack, or perhaps even over time, several attacks, multiple attacks, 
on Elon Musk that people with mental illness attacked him with a weapon or perhaps even uh, as much of a douchebag that he is, Jeff Brazos, what if he got, you know, attacked or stabbed or something by these kinds of people, as they call them? Well, you know what? If it was some of those folks or maybe even, say, the important people, because we do live in a plutocracy, after all, and those are the oligarchs and the plutocrats. It's when they start getting attacked or their immediate family member. When this happens to them, then all of a sudden, then there's all of this immediately, yeah, push it through. Yeah, we need, uh, well, uh, we, the proverbial we, meaning not their money. Don't, hold, don't touch their money. <laughs> they don't give a shit about that. No. Not there, but, you know, for, again, print more money or taxpayer-based money. Yeah, we, we need more health, mental health care facilities because then all of a sudden and only then does it become in the public awareness sphere. Now, I realize that um you know this this is um gresham i live in salem and this is in gresham so it's a you know a suburb of portland to the east and i realize to many of you that um you know you live where you live you may live uh you know 500 miles away or 5,000 on the other side of the planet or whatnot. And you may be thinking, okay, so he's doing this because it's a local thing. And it's like, no, I mean, I am doing it because it's local and because it was requested of me to do that. But this is everywhere. Again, this is a systemic problem. It's a universal problem. And it's not going to just go away. So, we have to do something, folks. And I think um, one of the big steps, as far as this is concerned, is accountability. And I'm not talking about dealing with abstractions as far as committees and representatives because the only thing primarily they've shown that they're interested in representing is themselves i'm talking about a whole bunch of different measures that can be taken for instance an actual progressive tax base that's actually enforced without 10 million loopholes so that that creatures like musk and brazos and their ilk can skirt and avoid at every opportunity because you know what it hasn't happened to them 
it hasn't happened to a dear friend or loved one of them. And until it does, they could really, they don't give a damn. I, I feel very sorry for this elderly man. I, it's just absolutely terrible. And I also feel sorry, believe it or not, and this is a, this is a um, very terrible act, but we're talking about we're talking about someone who's not functionally in their right mind. And so I know the knee-jerk reaction is to become very, very angry. I know that. I understand that. But what it really is is a series of system failures that led to this. And the thing is, it's going to happen again. Perhaps you may want to think about before you hop in your car and just want to go to the local convenience store for that gallon of milk. Well, what did you think about that? I'd really like to hear what you have to say. So go on over to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and put down your two cents worth. And while you're there, please feel free to listen to any and all the episodes you like. Plus, check out the other interesting things on my website. Until next time, this is Ernest saying take care. I'm out of here.